Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, July 25th, 2022. Stand up for your country. You know, we are living in a country where deceit, in my humble opinion, is at a record high. Never before have Americans faced such dishonesty in many, many parts of their lives. And it's amplified by the uh, smartphones and the internet and all of that, where there are really no regulations or editors or uh, scruples. I mean, it's just a free fire zone, as you all know. But the truth is important to your life. And tonight we have a whole bunch of stuff to tell you that I think will improve your circumstance. And again, we always recommend that you listen and watch the No Spin News with a pen and paper. So the first thing I want to get out of the way, and I mean that literally, is the January 6th committee. And I know many of you aren't watching it because you know, as I know, that this committee in the House of Representatives isn't looking for the truth. They don't want to know what really happened on January 6th. They want to take Donald Trump off the board in a political way. So he doesn't run again. He doesn't get the MAGA thing going. They just want to destroy him politically. That's why this committee is in business. I mean, it's clear. Um, And the media, of course, aids that. They amplify everything said in the uh, the hearings as fact when it isn't. So my staff and I put a lot of work into this Talking Points memo, and we are going to run it down for you right now. Okay, so let's begin with the timeline leading up to the riot on January 6th. On Wednesday, December 16, 2020, U.S. Capitol Police learned that protests were being organized and the nexus was going to be the Capitol grounds on January 6th. All right, so that, that's a pretty good indicator that the authorities in Washington had a heads up. On Saturday, January 2nd, 2021, a woman named Carol Corbin, who has kind of disappeared, um, she was working for the Defense Department. She was the program director at the U.S. Department of Defense. I don't know what that is, a program director. But anyway, Ms. Corbin texted the Capitol Police Deputy Chief, Sean Gallagher, asking whether or not the Capitol Police want to put in a request, a formal request with the Defense Department for the National Guard on January 6th. So all of this is documented, okay? So four days before, the Pentagon saying, hey, you want the Guard. On January 4th, two days before, The Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund asked the Senate and the House Sergeants at Arms for the authority to have the National Guard assist with security on January 6th. So it's two days before. Sund's request was denied. That's pretty stunning. You didn't hear that on the committee representing January 6th, did you? No. Now, the Washington Post reports that House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving told Sun, the guy who said, hey, do you want the guard? All right. That he wasn't comfortable with the optics of formally declaring an emergency ahead of the demonstration. 
Now, Nancy Pelosi had to know that, all right, because Nancy Pelosi is the head of the House. She's not a speaker. Sergeant Arms right below her. She had to know it. So he said, no, 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 no. Don't send the guard over. Okay. This is all confirmed, again, in writing by the Defense Department's Inspector General, Sean O'Donnell. Throw it on up there and I will read it to you. So he says, confirms in writing, the White House met with Defense Secretary Christopher Miller and General Mark Milley, okay, three days before the riot. And the report says that the president told Mr. Miller there would be a large number of protesters on January 6, 2021, and Mr. Miller, the Defense Department chief, should ensure sufficient National Guard of soldiers would be there to make it sure it was a safe event, unquote. So the inspector general of the DOD puts out that report. Right. Did you hear about that? Was the inspector general uh, called, Sean O'Donnell, was he called to testify in front of the January 6th committee? No, he was not. Was it called? I mean, it's staggering. Just that omission alone is staggering. Why would you not call the man? He issued a report before the January 6th situation. He said, hey, President Trump met with Milley and the head of the Defense Department and said, hey, you got enough? We got to get guys in there. But they had to be formally requested by either or both the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, who says flat out, I I didn't want him, okay? And Nancy Pelosi, who says she didn't know about it, which is impossible. It's impossible. She had to know about it. Okay, so there's no doubt at all that Donald Trump did not want violence on January 6th. No doubt at all, okay? Now let's go to the timeline for the White House. Now here is where President Trump made mistakes. At 1.13, Donald Trump ended his speech saying, quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. We're going to the Capitol, going to try and give them Republicans the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country, unquote. All right, so that he wrapped up his speech saying that. Shortly after 2 p.m., 45 minutes later, all right, the Capitol was sieged. Windows broken, people going on the grounds illegally. All right, 45 minutes later. At 2.24, um, 24 minutes after the siege began, President Trump tweeted out, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done to protect our country and our Constitution, unquote. That was a big mistake by Donald Trump. Big mistake to tweet that out in the middle of this thing. At 3.13, President Trump tweets again, quote, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Okay. At 4.17, an hour later, a video message goes out from the White House, and it says, quote, We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. So go home. We love you. You're very special. I know how you feel, but go home 
and go home in peace. At 8 p.m., the Capitol was secured. Now, it is clear to me and any other fair-minded person that Donald Trump did not act quickly enough after the riot broke out to quell the riot. He should have appeared on video almost immediately. In fact, his supporters were texting and calling and emailing, please do that. He did not do it. Why not? Because he didn't want to alienate his supporters. He almost froze. He was watching the television coverage, well documented, but he froze. He didn't know how to handle it because it was his people, his supporters, that were breaching the Capitol. So that was his biggest mistake. He did not act quickly enough to condemn the riot and say, knock it off. Now, this is not actionable. He cannot be charged with a crime or anything else. And this kangaroo court of the January 6th commission is a joke. I'll just give you one more. Remember Cassidy Hutchinson, who said Trump lost control and wanted to drive the Capitol. He's grabbing steering wheels in a Secret Service car and all of that. Okay. All hearsay, 100% hearsay. She didn't witness any of it. She was a low-level staffer inside the White House. So why wouldn't you subpoena, issue subpoenas for the Secret Service who were in the car? January 6th committee? No. Didn't do it. Why? Because they knew the Secret Service would contradict Cassidy Hutchinson. And all the press knew it, but they printed it anyway as fact. And they broadcast it as fact. This is deceit. This is dishonesty. Now, you have gotten in the last 10 minutes the most honest analysis of January 6th you're ever going to get. Everything I told you is in stone fact. No opinion other than me saying that Trump didn't want violence, and that's clearly established, and that he made a big mistake by not acting fast enough. Those are the only two opinions in the 10-minute analysis, and they're both true based upon what we know. So you, as the American voter, the American citizen, now have to decide whether Mr. Trump's mistakes eliminate him from consideration to be president, because he's going to run again. But that's your decision. But your decision should be based on facts, not a staged setup by Nancy Pelosi and her January 6th committee, starring Liz Cheney, who's soon to be unemployed. Wyoming voters are going to throw her out. She's going to be lucky to get 20% in the primary coming up in August there. Okay, now, if you have any questions or comments at all, Bill at BillOReilly.com for both radio and television all over the world. Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town. Got to put your name in town in there, okay? Let me hear them. I'll answer them tomorrow. We have this, and I want to congratulate my staff. Very, very thorough. We looked at everything And again, what we told you is absolutely true. And that is the memo. All right, President Biden didn't do anything today, still recovering from COVID. He had some virtual remarks, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement. That's fine. 
Uh, he's improved. This doctor says a sore throat. Uh, Senator Manchin now has COVID. Everybody has COVID. A lot of my friends have COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm waiting for the CDC. I don't want Fauci. Get him out of there. But look, it's, it's clear the vaccine doesn't protect you from COVID. That's clear. Let's, let's get that on the table, please. Let's say that. Now, it's also clear from the studies that I've seen that if you get the vaccine, as I have, and you contract COVID, the COVID will not be as bad. So I think Biden had 87 shots or something, and he has a sore throat. Okay. But I think we need to have some clarity here in the federal government about what the deuce is going on with the COVID. But we don't get it because we don't get anything. All right, here's a good story. Um, so there is the Chips for America Act in play. Do you know what that is? Chips for America? I didn't. All right, this is an act of Congress to reduce U.S. reliance on foreign-made semiconductors, and they're going to pass legislation. It's now approved in the Senate by a wide margin for the federal government to help the semiconductor industry get away from foreign importation to get their own up and running. So there's a company called NVIDIA, N-V-I-D-I-A, NVIDIA, which is in the semiconductor arena. Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, buys 20,000 shares of the stock and spends millions of dollars doing it. So now some people are screaming that the 82-year-old Paul Pelosi is doing insider trading. That is not true. Okay, this was a public vote in the Senate. Everybody knew that this is in play. NVIDIA, everybody knows it's a semiconductor stock. So Paul Pelosi goes in, he buys all this stock. And here's what Donald Trump says about it. Go. And people like crazy Nancy Pelosi, she's nuts. I'm telling you, she's a nut job. I mean, you talk about people in politics. Look at her husband. Every time something happens, he goes out and he buys stuff. He's made a lot of money. He made $100 million. Okay, so. He's a, but it's legal. What he did was legal. But they've done it before, uh, the Pelosi's. I mean, they're masters of manipulation over there. All right, since so the first year, the stock market's down 13.5%. In July, it's up a little bit. Uh, bonds are down. Gold is down. All right. Everything's down. And in my opinion, um, the financial markets know two things. Inflation is roaring out of control and the Biden administration is incompetent. You combine the two and it's a tough arena to buy stocks. So I get a lot of letters from you guys. I get letters all the time. I cannot give you financial advice. I can tell you what I do. And what I do is I listen to a guy named Alex Green, who I've listened to for about 20 years. When Alex uh, was 11 years old, I started listening to him. Joins us from Charlottesville, Virginia. He is the chief investment strategist at Oxford Club. All right, so um, I'm mad at you because <laughs> my portfolio's down about 9, 10%. I'm not really mad at you. But I don't know what to do, and nobody else does either, as far as I didn't sell. You know, I had stops, which means that if it hits a certain point and I did sell a bunch of stocks of mine that I didn't want to because the stop was hit. But 
going forward, which is what the No Spin News is all about, Alex, I, I have no blanking clue what to do. So what are you telling people? Well, you got a, a lot of company, Bill, first of all, with your portfolio being down and also having questions about what to do. Um, I probably should begin by saying that before anybody wonders about what the government should do to fix this situation, we, we should stop and take a minute to think about what the government did to create this situation. The, the, the economic shutdown was a, was a huge mistake. You can't just bring the whole world economy to a screeching halt and without terrible ramifications, especially to the supply chain. That was problem number one. Problem number two was spending countless trillions of dollars, $6 trillion in the US alone on COVID relief. So they spent all, sent all this money out. And at the same time, another branch of the government, the Federal Reserve held interest rates at zero for so long and even said openly, we're gonna let inflation run hot uh, and, and just let things go. And so between the shutdown, the massive spending and the zero interest rates, they put us in this situation. Now we're all dealing with the, the ramifications of that. Um, so what we're seeing in the markets is just the reaction to the fact that there's so much uncertainty, uncertainty about uh, inflation and oil prices, and, uh, uncertainty about economic growth, uncertainty about interest rates, uncertainty about whether we're gonna have a recession or not. And so markets are forward looking. And what the markets are have said this year is, oh my gosh, things have taken a, a, a turn for the worse. And what All makes right. this, well, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, so chaos is bad for the market. And I agree with everything you said. Uh, the COVID shutdown um, disrupted uh, economic uh, matters all over the planet. And then to compensate for people not working, they issued the money uh, to the small business people and to individuals because they had to have something coming in. I don't blame the government for that. I do blame them for overspending and trying to bribe people to vote for them. They always do it. And then there's the interest rates that you explained. Now, I assume that the Fed is going to raise the interest rate again in September. Do you, uh, do you agree with me on that? Well, they're going to raise rates three quarters of a point this week. And then they're going to raise point. The market is pricing in two more half point rate increases before the end of the year. All right. So this week we get another one and then two more. But the market has already priced that in, you're saying? So it's not going to be like the 2000 point drop when they finally do it? No, I mean, not based on that three-quarter point hike this week alone, for instance, there could be other news that caused the market to sell off, but markets are forward-looking. They realize what's happening. The Fed has been very transparent in saying that they're going to try to catch up. Uh, the, what's got people a little frightened is to raise rates in a gallop. I mean, usually they raise rates a quarter of a point, they wait and see what happens. They raise another quarter point, they wait and see what happens. This three quarters of a point at a time has got people unnerved because the fear is that the Fed is going to take interest rates so high, so fast, that it might possibly push us into recession. It's happened in the past and it could happen again. Well, we're already in a consumer recession in the sense that people are cutting back on their spending here. I don't know anybody who isn't um, because they're very, very worried. Why? Gold is supposed to be a hedge. Uh, metal is supposed to be a hedge commodities. Why is gold down 7% this year, whatever it's down? I mean, why is that happening? It is down 7%. It's down 5% in July alone. The reason gold is down, because again, remember, the, the markets are not reacting to what has happened. The markets are reacting to what they think is going to happen. And what the markets are saying loud and clear is, as terrible as inflation is right now, it's going to moderate. 
Look at bond yields. The 10-year bond yields 2.8%. That's nothing if inflation's running at 9.1%. You're getting better than a 6%, negative 6% return, which is bad. Um, if you look at commodity prices, they're all coming down. Not just gold, but copper's down, lumber's down, oil is down over 20% uh, from its peak back in June. Uh, and gold is coming down because the, 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 the smart money, because you're talking about the best connected people in the world who are putting their money to work in these markets. They're looking forward and saying, as bad as inflation is, it's going to get better, not worse. And so that's why bond yields are low. Okay. Gold so is down. inflation is going to get better. Certainly oil prices are going to come down. I don't know if that's going to correspond to the pump. You know how slow retail is to catch up to the worldwide price of oil. It's not like an instantaneous thing. These gas station owners and oil companies are making tons of money now. They're not going to be real uh, you know, enthusiastic about dropping a price, but I think it'll come down. Now, for people uh, who have college funds and they have retirement funds and they don't have control over their investments because they invest in mutual funds where other people buy the stocks, other people do this stuff, um, what is your advice to them? Well, the first thing I'd say is to have some perspective and realize that we have economic expansions and we have economic recessions. We have bull markets and we have bear markets and they're largely unpredictable. And that's, that's the scary part about being an investor. But what's important to know is that there is no asset class, there's no place that can put your money that you can put your money to work that has outperformed a diversified portfolio of stock over the long haul. You're absolutely right, Bill. This is not for your short-term money. It's not if you're saving for a down payment on a house or your son or daughter's going to college in the fall. That money's got no business in the stock market. But for money that you're, you, you've set aside for long-term goals, like retirement, uh, or just to build a nest egg to live off of someday, that money has a home in the stock market. And I can tell you, Bill, that every single market sell-off of the last 37 years, the crash of 87, the bear market of 1990, the dot-com collapse after 9-11, the Great Recession, the COVID collapse, I bought into every single one of those stock markets. It was always scary, and I was always happy later on that I did. So Even you though you bought when prices were down. You, you, you took that gamble and it paid yeah. off for you over a 37-year period, correct? Well, it, it, it's a gamble in the short term because stock prices can always go lower. But over the long haul, you have to remember that for not just for the last 10 years or 50 years, but for the last 200 years, nothing has done better than a diversified portfolio of stocks. If you can stick with the program, hang on during the tough times and even add to, to your stock holdings when when the market is down. Okay. That's but the problem the is the political uncertainty. We have an incompetent administration, and this is not a political statement. It's true. If you look how Trump ran the economy as opposed to Biden, it's it's like two different uh, hemispheres. Trump spent too much money. Federal government spent too much money under him. There's no doubt. But he ran the economy, understood the economy. Biden doesn't understand anything. So people are very frightened that this guy and the progressives will continue in power and the socialists and all that. And that what we saw the last 37 years that you referred to won't continue because of this insane progressive mindset. Last word. Well, first of all, it, it would have been much worse if it weren't for Joe Manchin. At least you've got one sane Democrat. That's right. That's right. But one guy, though, and he's got COVID yeah. now. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's one guy. But that, if that one guy can get us to November, and if the Republicans take the House and or Senate, then the Democratic agenda is off the table. So if you're looking for a bright light in the tunnel, it looks very likely we're, like we're going to have a sea change. We won't have a, a conservative pro-business president after November, but we won't. we will have a 
a, a Congress that won't rubber stamp anything he wants to do. All right, so Alex. Thanks very much. Alex from the Oxford Club is our go-to, my go-to financial guy. And uh, he says stuff even I can understand. So All right, let's go to Al Gore. Remember Al? Al, he, uh, <laughs> I love him. All right. So I, I'm running this segment just to show you how fanatical the progressive movement is. So uh, Mr. Gore is on Meet the Press. Nobody watches it anymore, but he was there. And here's what he said. Go. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams. They heard the gunshots. And uh, nobody stepped forward. Until Mr. Gore is saying, because climate change is going to doom the planet, we're not doing, we're not stepping forward, and on and on and on and on. That's pretty fanatical, wouldn't you say? Comparing that to Uvalde? I mean, all right. In California, more fires every summer. And this is Mariposa County, beautiful place right outside of Yosemite. Um, you got uh, 17,000 acres already burned. 6,000 people evacuated out there. Um, every summer in California, there it is, global warming. I don't know. I just know it's every summer. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right. Legalizing drugs leads to increased drug use. <laughs> okay. Is that you need a Ph.D.? Well, apparently you do, because this is a Columbia University and City University of New York study. All right. They published a drug and alcohol dependence study it was released July 19th, um, 10 days ago or whatever it is, a week ago. Um, and they said, hey, in all the states that have legalized cannabis, now far more people smoke pot than before. Okay. You know, we're living in a stone generation here. I mean, it was bad when I was in college in the late 60s, early 70s, but worse now. All right, here's an update on that horrible story in Ohio, Indiana. Nine-year-old girl raped. It's pregnant, crosses state lines from Ohio to Indiana, gets an abortion. The 27-year-old suspect, illegal alien uh, Gerson Fuentes from Guatemala, is being charged. He has been charged felony rape of a minor. All right. He has not entered a plea. Uh, he is being held on $2 million bail. He will never see the light of freedom again, this man. And he shouldn't. He should. But I wanted to give you an update on that. You know, it's so depraved, I, there's not even any words for it. You just can't describe it. The guy's the devil. 
And I know I'm convicting him without due process, but he admitted it. Told the cops he did it. Okay, new report from the University of Massachusetts says older Americans, half of them, cannot afford essential expenses. All right, the index takes into account health care, food, housing, transportation. So half of the nation's elderly can't afford the bills, to pay the bills. So we segue into our Smart Life segment. Again, uh, this is new. And if you are just joining us on radio and television, this is a segment on a daily basis that will save you money. Save you money. That's what we're trying to do here. We've been very successful in the first couple of weeks because of you. You're sending us tips. So anyway, there's a website called Yelp, Y-E-L-P. And according to Yelp, most restaurants in the USA are now downsizing their portions. I've seen it. I, I told you I, I had breakfast place, and I get half of what I used to get in an order of corned beef hash, which they do very well there, okay? And the price is the same. But what's on my plate is half of what it was last summer. And if you go to the grocery store, almost every package you buy is less than what it was. And this is added into inflation. It's not added into the 9.6% or 1%, whatever it is, but you know what it is. So you're paying more for less. Uh, Just so you know, when you go to a restaurant, check it out. Um, It's annoying. Okay. Um, So a guy named Timothy Olander lives in Milford, Connecticut. Send me 10 money-saving tips. Hey, Tim, I really appreciate it. So do the millions of people watching and listening to us tonight. I'm going to read you some of them. Some of them are good, um, but some of them, uh, I got some questions. So Tim's first tip, if you're not working with a financial planner, get one. So that's what I say. You got to have somebody to go to for financial advice, even if you don't have that much. Somebody who does your taxes, whatever it may be. Got to have it. All right. Because in your state is different than my state. Uh, Don't accumulate credit card debt. okay? but most people, they can't help it. They don't have enough cash to cover. So they have to string it out. Don't buy coffee by the cup. You're crazy to spend four or five dollars on a cup of coffee. So Tim is echoing me. Um, Rethink your television services. Cut the cable. So we have a new partner, Vidgo. V as in Victor, I-D-G-O. You'll be hearing more about that. Cut your bill in half for pretty much the same thing you're getting now. So that's a great tip. Um, buy your stuff in bulk. Go to Costco and Sam's and Walmart and bulk up because it's a lot more. You'll save a lot of money doing that. Okay. And then uh, check online. We went over that last week. So we appreciate it, Tim. If you have a tip to save people money, like Kent Dixon, who lives in Porter, Texas, he says... If you can fill up your tank after the weekend, on Monday is the best day to buy gas today. Okay, it goes down a couple of cents. Uh, But then when the weekend comes, it goes up. That's from Ken Dixon. This day in history, July 25th, 1978, the world's first test tube baby is born in England. It's 44 years ago, Louise Joy Brown. Okay. So on July 25th, 1978, Louise Joy Brown entered the world in vitro fertilization. 
in Manchester, England. And she has had a healthy life. She's got two sons of her own. Um, she kept a very low profile, no one around. But because of that, 44 years ago, now 8 million babies around the world have been born from in vitro. But it's, it's complicated. It doesn't, uh, each year in the USA, 55,000 women give birth that way. But it's about a 40, 45% chance if you're in your 30s. So, uh, but the technology is there and, you know, there's some moral questions that I don't get into that. You know, parents make their own decisions on that. Okay. So we got a good mail segment and final thought that you're going to want to hear. And we have a special coming up on Wednesday evening. You're going to want to see. I'm going to tell you all about that. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Okay, Bo Hushlav Finta, Denver, Colorado, my old stomping grounds. O'Reilly, don't you think that in regards to Dominion lawsuits, the conservative news media do not have to prove that Dominion cheated? They only have to show that based on data available at that time, there was a good reason to believe that. I'm not analyzing the media. I'm analyzing the lawsuit. All right, so in a court of law, if you say, you being a media agency, that Dominion cheated in the 2020 presidential election, you better be able to back that up with documentation. Now, we have not seen documentation that Dominion cheated. If we do, I'll be the first to report it. But right now, if I'm betting, I'm betting Dominion wins its lawsuit against Fox OAN and Newsmax, unless they have proof of what they said. 
David Newell, Zionsville, Indiana, who's paying the television stations for the January 6 hearings coverage. No one. They run commercials. They just do it because they think it's a public service. But as we said, it's all dishonest, so there's no truth police. Gail Seward, Prairie Village, Kansas. Bill, I want to thank you for your Smart Life segments. They have helped me immediately. I use the Honey app and was able to save 20 bucks on a $170 purchase. As a retired senior citizen on fixed income, every little bit helps. We're glad we can help you, Gail. Now, if you miss our segments, you can go to BillOReilly.com, and there is a little thing you click on, and there is the Smart Life stuff. Honey and all of that stuff we told you about. So that's a great reason to check in with us on BillOReilly.com every day. Robert Mariani, White Plains, New York. Bill, how will highway funding from gas tax vehicles be applied to electric cars? When you buy the electric car in the future, and most of them will be electrified in, I don't know, 10, 15 years, uh, they'll charge you tax up front. The feds will. And the states will, too, probably. That's what's going to happen. Lisa Wood, Lee Summit, Missouri. I have a question for you, O'Reilly. On last night's show, you said that you want alternative fuel developed, and although it's not there yet, you're hoping it will come. Well, how else will it come if they don't do what they're currently doing? Because you can do both. You can have a fossil fuel industry and at the same time invest in clean energy. And when it's ready, you move it on in. That's how you do it. You just don't blast out your fossil fuel industry causing a a recession, which is what the dopey Biden administration did. Dave Andrews, Centerville, Ohio, with the highly anticipated election um, in um, November. What do you think would happen if a full investigation comprehensive into the 2020 election would occur? It might, but it would have to be a presidential order. The House or the Senate could investigate if the Republicans take control in November. They could investigate the election. I'd like to see it myself, special counsel. I'd like, I'd like to know. Scott uh, Kearley, Oahu, Hawaii, assuming Hunter Biden is indicted, facing charges, can his father, the president, pardon him? Yes. The president can pardon anyone. Suzanne on the message board, Bill, fact, every year dogs kill more people in America than sharks. Okay. Holly the terror dog is, would never do that, but I get your point. Okay, BillOReilly.com. You know, Killing the Killer is still going strong. Uh, Great summer read. I know a lot of you are going on vacation in August. Uh, Pick this up and you will be pleased with it. I am certain. And if you renew your premium membership or concierge membership or you sign up for it now, you get my new book, Killing the Legends, out in September, late September, free. Okay, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. It's going to shock a lot of people, that book. And uh, so please go to BillOReilly.com and do that. Word of the day, do not be a Lugan. L-O-O-G-A-N. Great word. Nobody has ever heard of it. Lugan. Right back with the final thought. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. Aforementioned killing the killers about national security, what's being done in your name to protect you. That's the theme of the book and it's action packed. But there is a problem. The southern border. So on Wednesday... July 27th, two days from now, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we have a special call. Defending America is the Biden administration putting us in physical danger. On that special will be Buck Sexton. You know him from TV and radio, but Mr. Sexton is a former CIA guy. I didn't even know that. I should have known it. But I bring him on and we kick it around. Now, here is a clip from Defending America. A couple of weeks ago, when they iced uh, an ISIS leader, they went out and they said, that's the only way the media or the people of America would know what's going on. So I'm pretty confident that following the bad guys overseas is effective. But here in the United States, it's a far different story because of Mr. Biden's open border policy. More than 2 million foreign nationals confronted by U.S. authorities at the border. It's only 365 days in the year. 2 million confronted by Border Patrol. That doesn't count the million or so get in. The Border Patrol never see. Okay? So this is like an army invading the United States. So once again, I'm Paul Revere. I am sounding the warning about terrorists coming across that southern border. 25 of them have been detained who are on the terror watch list. You know many more have gotten in because the terrorists are different from the migrants. They got money. They got connections. So what we're doing in the special Defending America is we're telling you where the weak points are. We discussed the FBI. Remember, the FBI is in charge of domestic terrorism. CIA overseas. So we, we lay it all out. And I want um, No Spin News listeners and viewers to stay ahead of the situation, to know what is likely to happen. Because if we get hit again, and thank God we haven't been to the extent of 9-11. I mean, it was, you look, Bush was a Bush the younger controversial president, but the Patriot Act, I'll tell you what, that saved our butts, that Patriot Act. It really did. And that's why I write about that in Killing the Killers and how the power that we derive from that act, all right, was used to wipe out many of these heinous, brutal terrorists. But now they're coming in. So once again, defending America, it is this Wednesday, 8 p.m., um, Eastern Time, if you are a BillOReilly.com subscriber, you can see it. If you are not, you can't. 
So this is just for BillOReilly.com premium and concierge members. And we want you to sign up because you'll save tons of money if you sign up with us. Plus, you'll get stuff like this. And we're going to have a lot of stuff for the election coming up, special stuff, inside stuff. And I hope you appreciate that we are working hard for you. Uh, If you missed the Talking Points memo, came in late on this broadcast, please watch it. That is, I think, the best assessment of this January 6th committee you'll ever get. It's an important situation that you know about for our future or this country's future. Again, thank you very much uh, for watching and listening to the No Spin News tonight, and we will see you tomorrow.